In the meantime, he went on, everyone in the household has told his or her tale. Mr. Leveson among the rest, and his tale was that he had come in late and gone up to bed without seeing his uncle. Well, that is what he said. And no one saw reason to doubt that tale, mused Poirot, except, of course, Parsons. Then there comes down an inspector from Scotland Yard. Inspector Miller, you said, did you not? I know him. I have come across him once or twice in the past. He is what they call the sharp man, the ferret, the weasel. Yes, I know him. And the sharp Inspector Miller, he sees what the local inspector has not seen, that Parsons is ill at ease and uncomfortable, and knows something that he has not told. Eh bien, he makes short work of Parsons. By now, it has been clearly proved that no one broke into the house that night, that the murderer must be looked for inside the house and not outside. And Parsons is unhappy and frightened and feels very relieved to have his secret knowledge drawn out of him. He has done his best to avoid scandal. But there are limits, and so Inspector Miller listens to Parsons' story and asks a question or two, and then makes some private investigations of his own. The case he builds up is very strong, very strong. Blood-stained fingers rested on the corner of the chest in the tower room, and the fingerprints were those of Charles Leveson. The housemaid told him she emptied a basin of blood-stained water in Mr. Leverson's room the morning after the crime. He explained to her that he had cut his finger, and he had a little cut there, oh yes, but such a very little cut. The cuff of his evening shirt had been washed, but they found blood-stains in the sleeve of his coat. He was hard-pressed for money, and he inherited money at Sir Reuben's death. Oh yes, a very strong case, mademoiselle, he paused. And yet you come to me today. Lily Margrave shrugged her slender shoulders. As I told you, Monsieur Poirot, Lady Astwell sent me. You would not have come of your own accord, eh? The little man glanced at her shrewdly. The girl did not answer. You do not reply to my question. Lily Margrave began smoothing her gloves again. It's rather difficult for me, Mr. Poirot. I have my loyalty to Lady Astwell to consider— Strictly speaking, I am only her paid companion, but she has treated me more as though I were a daughter or a niece. She has been extraordinarily kind, and whatever her faults, I should not like to appear to criticize her actions, or, well, to prejudice you against taking up the case. Impossible to prejudice Hercule Poirot. Cela ne se fait pas, declared the little man cheerily. I perceive that you think Lady Astwell has in her bonnet the buzzing bee. Come now, is it not so? If I must say, speak, mademoiselle. I think the whole thing is simply silly. It strikes you like that, huh? I don't want to say anything against Lady Astwell. I comprehend, murmured Poirot gently, I comprehend perfectly. His eyes invited her to go on. She really is a very good sort and frightfully kind, but she isn't, well, how can I put it, she isn't an educated woman. You know, she was an actress when Sir Rubin married her, and she has all sorts of prejudices and superstitions. If she says a thing, it must be so, and she simply won't listen to reason. The inspector was not very tactful with her, and it put her back up. She says it is nonsense to suspect Mr. Leverson, and just the sort of stupid, pig-headed mistake the police would make, and that, of course, dear Charles did not do it. But she has no reason, eh? None whatever. Ah, is that so? Really now? 
I told her, said Lily, that it would be no good coming to you with a mere statement like that and nothing to go on. You told her that, said Poirot. Did you really? That is interesting. His eyes swept over Lily Margrave in a quick, comprehensive survey, taking in the details of her neat black suit, the touch of white at her throat, and the smart little black hat. He saw the elegance of her, the pretty face with its slightly pointed chin and the dark blue, long-lashed eyes. Insensibly, his attitude changed. He was interested now, not so much in the case as in the girl sitting opposite him. Lady Astwell is, uh, I should imagine, mademoiselle, just a trifle inclined to be unbalanced and hysterical. Lily Margrave nodded eagerly. That describes her exactly. She is, as I told you, very kind, but it's impossible to argue with her or make her see things logically. Possibly she suspects someone on her own account, suggested Poirot.